Hunter Biden would uh, ask his father to say hello to whomever he was at dinner. He said there were some times when it was friends and sometimes when it was uh, potential business partners or business partners. But the witness was unequivocal and stated very clearly that they never discussed any business on that phone conversations. There were niceties and there was a hello and there we talked about the weather or whatever it was, but it was never any business. Sure, sure. That's that's what we believe, that there was never any business. And just like that, it's August. Welcome to August 1st. It's the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka sitting in for my friend Chris Plant. And uh, a busy day we have upon us, uh, another absolutely stuffed buffet of madness from yesterday in Washington, D.C. And Dan Goldman, the man of the hour yesterday, we thought it was going to be uh, the, uh, the testimony of Devin Archer and Devin Archer who would be the man of the hour. But it appears Dan Goldman lost a bet on something. And of course, we have to talk about all of it. And we will. We will, along with you. You're welcome to join us at any time, 888-630-9625. I have um, an opinion, or six, on this that I want to share with you. And I'm sure you have an opinion that you would like to share as well. And I I know both sides are claiming victory yesterday. Both sides are stepping up and saying, well, yeah. That, uh, that was a win for us. And Goldman is the guy who is being foisted upon the liberal media. Goldman is the guy who is, is uh, positioned to represent the party. And, and why not? He's a creature of the swamp. He is a Democrat congressman born in Washington, D.C., You could not get a swampier person if you tried. Yes, he represents a district in New York, and he's part of the Congressional Progressive Caucus right there. That's all you need to know. Part of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. Yeah. He's also a guy who said uh, in his campaign in 2022 that he supports the principles and goals of the Green New Deal in transition to clean energy and called climate change an existential threat. See, he carries water for the party. He's got the the party playbook memorized, if you will. We're going to see what's going on here. We, we, uh, I'm telling you, this is the guy that was chosen, not because he lost a bet, as I alluded to earlier, but he is not going to waver from the statements of the party. He's not going to find any, any crack in, in any area that light can come through and shine on the truth. Mr. Goldman is also among the wealthiest members of Congress. An estimated personal net worth of about ooh, a quarter of a billion dollars. I wonder how he made his money. Uh, he did come from the swamp, as I said. So the guy who's, who's put out there by the Democrats to try and explain away 20-plus phone calls from Joe Biden to Hunter Biden and Devin Archer when their marks, the people they were going to hit up for money, were present. These, these guys don't understand how this works. 
the head of the mob never goes in and negotiates. They always send in their lieutenants. And in this case, Hunter is the is the lieutenant on this one. Although I think Devin might have done a little bit of negotiating himself, as uh, we now find out he's facing a one-year prison sentence. And I'm sure he was trying to curry some favor to maybe get that sentence reduced or maybe wiped out completely. He was a dutiful a dutiful servant yesterday, claiming he did tell the truth, didn't lie, but did he give enough detail? You can tell enough to get by, but not tell the whole story. Back to uh, Daniel Sachs Goldman, the uh, American attorney and politician. He was previously the lead majority counsel in the first impeachment inquiry against Donald Trump and the lead counsel to the House managers in Trump's subsequent impeachment trial. So we know where he walks. We know where he walks. As I said, he was born in Washington, D.C., in the swamp, from the center. It came from the swamp. (laughs) Yeah, it did. Um, He's representing a district in uh, New York, the 10th district, which... Technically, was Jerry Nadler's old district. They redistricted uh, New York, and, and he picked up this seat. Nadler's still there. You know, he's still doing his thing in a, a different numbered district. But Goldman was everywhere yesterday and today. Goldman was the guy, as I said, who had been chosen, who had been anointed to carry the torch on this one. And what was he saying? Well, it was kind of interesting if you followed it through. He was the guy who, as I said, was making sure all of the right statements were made about this. He was the guy who was making sure that we we mentioned Bo Biden. Because that's part of the the Biden crime family's plan. Whenever Joe's in a corner, you got to remember, he's had a tragic life, Joe Biden. He's had a tough few last years with the loss of his son. Now, I I understand the tragic loss of Joe Biden to cancer or Bo Biden to cancer is uh, a terrible thing for a parent to deal with. And no parent should have to deal with the death of a child. Bo Biden got very sick and died in 2015. His cancer was awful. And as I've said before, here yesterday and, and everywhere I am, I will always support the people in the battle against cancer. Cancer is an insidious enemy, but it's always used. The Bo Biden death always seems to come up when Joe is in a corner or some of Joe's dealings are being questioned. They all say, well, you know, at the time he was dealing with the grief because Joe Biden is grief, man. He gets out his empathy cape and puts it on and flies into the room. And earlier today on MSNBC, I watched so you don't have to. Mr. Goldman was there, and he played the bow card. Could you just, with specifics, tell us these phone calls that were a matter of such uh, discussion yesterday? Like, what were they about? What would what would then Vice President Biden say in these conversations? You know, walk us through what happened. Right. So, uh, let's put this in context. Bo Biden got very sick, and he just right out of the blocks put it put it in context. They played the Bo Biden card. Yep, 
early 2015. He died in the spring of 2015, which was right in the middle when Devin Archer um, had his, his business dealings uh, with uh, Hunter Biden. At that point, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden began to speak every day because they were both devastated by Bo's death. Now, I lost a brother around the same time Bo Biden passed away, and it is devastating. And yes, families get closer together, but it's not an excuse for trading influence for millions of dollars. Maybe that's how the Biden family was dealing with the grief was, you know, covering themselves in millions of dollars. I don't know. I'm just saying the the use of the dead son, the dead brother, it's starting to wear a little bit thin. They spoke every day. The witness test. Oh, it cut off here for us. They spoke every day. Let's see if we can get that back here. They Could you just, with specifics, tell us these phone It's Jonathan Lumiere from uh, MSNBC, who's, who's hosting uh, Morning Joe because Mika and Joe are somewhere getting uh, rebuilt, I think. This 10-year relationship with Hunter Biden, there may be approximately 20 times when in one of those conversations... Uh, Hunter Biden would put his uh, father at a dinner, not at a business meeting, at a dinner that he was having if he happened to get a hold of his father and would ask his father to say hello to whoever was at the table. And that was essentially the extent of it. They didn't. He it was unclear. And, and the witness testified. This is not me saying that the witness testified that a lot of times, most of the time, Joe didn't even know who the people were at the dinner table. So this was just simply uh, this may have been hunter's effort to say hey this is you know the vice president this is my dad but the critical part here for congress and that's what we have to make sure we understand is that joe biden was doing nothing to benefit his son so congressman uh, uh that's an interpretation that uh i think defies logic to say that joe biden was doing nothing to benefit his son Joe Biden gave his son credibility, street cred, if you will. Joe Biden handed the credibility card to his son when he answered the phone and said hello to those, and I'm using air quotes with my fingers, business associates. Uh, Goldman is a good lawyer, Yale-educated, of course. He's, as I said, he's a swamp creature. He's right out of the swamp, born in Washington, D.C., and was dispatched to, uh, to New York to represent Democrats and their agenda. And, and Joe Biden tells us he speaks to his grandkids every day. So I, I don't know what the big deal is about. Oh, and at this point, they started talking every day. I, I sense a talking point was handed to Goldman. More of what passes for journalism over on MSNBC this morning. Have they tracked down the fugitive star witness who was also a double agent for China and an arms dealer? This is a Willie Geist trying to diminish other people who have stepped forward and said that there were problems with the Biden family and there were laws broken. So now we're going to smear those people who are running from the outreach of those who would want to shut them down. Um, 
Surprisingly, Willie, we have not heard very much about him uh, since it became clear that he was indicted for making false statements, arms trafficking, being an agent of China and on the lam. Now, being indicted doesn't mean one is guilty. Gal Luft has uh, chosen to run away because as he has opened his mouth and told the truth, his truth. Aren't we supposed to believe their truth about Joe Biden? He's had to go on the lamb, undercover, if you will, hiding from the, the global pressure because there are people who are linking arms around Joe Biden. They're circling the wagons. He's, he's on the lamb. And what about the Biden bribery, bribery tapes we've heard about? Right. So the one uh, critical part yesterday is that the witness completely debunked those allegations. He was on the board of Burisma. All of the money that Hunter Biden got from Burisma as being a member of the board went through their joint company. Well, that's an obvious point. All the money that Hunter Biden got for being on the board. There was a contract for that. Hunter was contracted to be on the board and receive $83,333 a month. All the other monies were nothing to do with being on the board. That was about influence peddling. He was on the board to be able to get access to the players in Ukraine and for the players in Ukraine to get access to Joe. And he said there was no bribe of either Hunter or Joe. Democratic member of the House Oversight Committee who was in the room yesterday for that interview, Congressman Dan Goldman of New York. Congressman, good to see you. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for carrying the water. Thanks for doing the job. Yeah. Wow. We have more on this. There, there's much more on this. Today is going to be, as I said, uh, a day filled with information and news that's coming out of this story. We also have uh, reports uh, that there, there may be an indictment against Donald Trump today because the grand jury is once again meeting in Washington, D.C. And uh, the, the cable news networks on the left side are absolutely obsessed with that today. I think they spent about a minute on this story on CNN. They played a Goldman clip and MSNBC played, uh, had Goldman in studio. And after he finished, they kind of said, OK, you can go. Nothing to see here. Time to move on. But we have uh, more on that. There's an update on the Chinese uh, lab, the bioweapons lab that was in California. There's a really interesting update on that. In terms of global warming and the existential crisis that is China, uh, that is uh, climate change, the existential crisis that is climate change, there's an update from NASA that uh, all the greenies are not going to like the reason why it's so hot this summer. And of course, we'll say goodbye to Pee Wee Harmon today as he died yesterday at the age of 70. It's Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant. Join us, 888-630-9625-888-630-9625. The Chris Plant Show. You're listening to The Chris Plant Show. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. 
Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. And boom, just like that, it's August. August 1st here. It's the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka in for my friend Chris Plant this week. Uh, thanks for being here. New month. And uh, full moon tonight. I mentioned it briefly yesterday. August is a unique month. We have a full moon, a super moon tonight, meaning the moon looks extra big. It didn't get bigger. Just the distance between us is, is a little bit closer. So uh, it's going to look bigger. And it's going to be spectacular if you don't have clouds. I watched the moon rise last night, and it was pretty darn cool. And uh, we'll have two super moons this month. One today, and then one on the last day of the month. There's another full moon. Which means everybody's going to misbehave. That's what my friends who work as ambulance drivers always say. Uh, We're going to have a wacky night tonight. Luckily, it's Tuesday. We're not everybody's going out and getting stupid. So please, people, try not to go out and get stupid. And speaking of stupid, uh, we have new Kamala Harris audio that we have to play for you because Kamala Harris is stupid. And I stand by that statement. I don't think she's an intelligent person. I think she is a person who is an opportunist who managed to get where she is by uh, leveraging her gender. Are we still allowed to say that she's a female? By leveraging her um, skin color. She's a person of color. She's not African-American. So I, I don't understand why people insist on saying that she's a black person or an African-American. No, she's just a person of color. She's a blend of, of, of different, different colors, which is fine. If you're capable. And yesterday she was confronted with her bad poll numbers and uh, said something pretty ridiculous. This happened yesterday. There are reports that say that you have the lowest approval rating of any vice president. I'm curious how much of a role, if any, that you feel race and gender play in that. Well, there are polls that also say I have great approval ratings. I think the point that has to be made is that there are attempts to create distractions away from the accomplishments of our administration. Or the lack of accomplishments from you. And nice job by the NBC reporter to try and bring race and gender into it. Oh, there's more on this one and more from Kamala. Opelka in for Plant on the Chris Plant Show. This is the Chris Plant Show.
Welcome back to the Chris Plant Show. Chris on holiday this week. My name's Mike Opelka. I am uh, honored to be here in my friend's place. And uh, welcome you, all of you, and thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm glad Jeff Wolf is here. Jasmine's on the phones. You're welcome to communicate with us at 888 I have so many things that are popping up on the political whack-a-mole board today. It is an important day, an important day. This is in 1960, Chubby Checker released The Twist. And uh, more importantly, this was a big stinking day in radio, in in conservative talk radio. And uh, I think it's appropriate for us to remember that on this day in 1988, Rush Limbaugh started his national radio show. And what a powerhouse it became. And what a voice it, it gave to conservatism and spawned so many of us who have worked in conservative media over the decades. Just interesting to remember where it all started way back when. Rest in peace, Rush. And uh, so we get to the news and we, we talked briefly about yesterday's testimony by Devin Archer that both sides are, are claiming wins for that Uh, James Comer is saying that his committee has shown a real quid pro quo in Ukraine, and that quid pro quo was Joe, so it's quid pro Joe. And I know Byron Donalds of Florida, who I think is one of the rising stars of the GOP. I think you need to keep your eyes on Byron Donalds. And some of you are saying, duh, we know it. Yeah, he really is a a, a great speaker. He's a good conservative. He's a a presence when you see him. And I think that's important too. a physical presence that is a little bit threatening to the Democrats is important. Uh, Congressman Donalds was on yesterday with uh, Larry Kudlow as well. And uh, just got to play a little clip from the, the Donalds visit with Larry Kudlow. Tracking down money. That's, I think that's where we go now. We're going to be in the process of continuously trying to find uh, the stream of money, where it went to, what got paid for. Because the other thing, Larry, I think did occur here is Hunter Biden was paying for stuff for his daddy. I truly believe right. that occurred right. because even he told his daughter in a text message that, hey, at least I don't make you at least I don't make you give up half your salary for me. So he's already acknowledged that in his own private communications. I think that's where this goes. Last piece, I do believe the Speaker of the House is going to open up an impeachment inquiry, Mm. and we're going to begin to get all these ducks in a row through the Judiciary Committee because this is public corruption. There was influence peddling. There was bribery going on here, and those are high crimes and misdemeanors, in my opinion. And he's right. Byron Donalds of Florida. Uh, He represents one of the reddest districts in Florida, the Fort Myers, Naples area, and a good dude. Uh, But that is uh, interesting. A lot of people are still questioning whether or not the impeachment inquiry should be opened. But I do think that what Donalds has said is vital. The first issue is we need to find the money train and the trail that it took. Because we were told by the whistleblowers that the way that they set this up, the way all these shell companies were set up. And has anyone dared to ask Joe Biden or or Hunter, why did you need all these shell companies? 
Why, why was that happening? It's obvious to most people. It was done to obfuscate, to block and, and hide what was going on, and to prevent anyone from finding out how Joe Biden got all of this wealth. Even Joe said, where's the money? Remember, he laughed when he was asked about it. Well, where's the money? Sure. Almost daring us. It's, it's almost an egomaniacal thing. So I, I hope that Byron Donald stays on this, and I hope the House keeps pushing to find. But at the end of the day, and I said this yesterday to a couple of people as we were talking about this because I live in an area surrounded by liberals. I know, I know. I think we're kind of a quota higher. Uh, we've been allowed to live here because we even out some of the stats, even though it's overwhelmingly liberal in my neighborhood. Uh, I said to some of them, um, you know, they're saying, well, it's over now. Uh, you can stop this. You can move on. No, we can't. But what we need, what should have happened is the Department of Justice should have seen all of this and said, we will open an investigation. But because of the name Biden and the presidency, they appear to be reluctant. The job of the House of Representatives is not to do criminal investigations. The job of the House of the Representatives is is to really write the laws. That's Congress's gig. The DOJ should be enforcing those laws, investigating what appears to be pretty obviously crimes and maybe beyond misdemeanors. These could be felonies on several levels. So I'm not convinced. I know someone else who probably isn't convinced. Uh, Mike is in Middletown, New Jersey. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. What's up? My call. Love it to have you in. Yeah, can Dan Goldman spell Rico? Or better yet, we watch <laughs> the end of Little Caesar. Mother yeah. of Mercy, is this the end of Rico? Because this is exactly what the Racketeering Influence Corrupt Organization Act was established for. Bribery yeah. and money laundering are Rico predicate offenses. And Joe doesn't need, all he has to be is at the top and get his taste. He, he doesn't have to know everything that's going on. That's exactly what they set up here. Yeah, it certainly feels like it is a, a huge open-and-shut RICO case. And yeah. there's, no, there's no interest in, in actually doing the investigative work, and that seems to be the biggest problem. If the DOJ drags its feet long enough, Joe will be out of office. If the DOJ drags its feet long enough, as they have with Hunter, uh, it's, we're, we're looking at statute of limitations running out on some of these crimes. So yes. that's the problem. They're playing the slow walk game on us, I think. Yeah, well, perhaps Trump or someone else should say, look, elect me, you get rid of Joe, and I tell my, DO, tell my folks to start the RICO grand jury during the transition period. Because as we know, the DOJ will indict for some things as document cases. Clearly, RICO <laughs> violations are more serious crimes, I would think. Yeah. Well, it, it, it appears to me, and, and the left will tell you, well, the documents relate to national security. They really did not. But this relates to national security because when we look at the scope of the influence peddling into the nations, we now have a, a solid connection to Ukraine. It's absolutely rock solid. We also have connections to Romania, where Joe was actually lecturing the Romanian government on corruption at the time. We have connections to China, and Joe has denied that, even though he had a meeting with the mayor of Moscow 
just a matter of weeks before the $3.5 million was transferred via wire into Hunter's account. Uh, We have connections to China. We can talk about the diamond under the pillow in in Hunter's hotel room. It's all there. We just need uh, an inquisitive DOJ or an inquisitive press. And right now, the only side of the press that's inquisitive is being told to be quiet. We've answered that question a million times, and it's getting to be a little frustrating. I I don't know what it's going to take for the rest of the press to wake up. I really don't. Uh, I guess... I guess they're going to finally have to see actual bank records, which we're now hearing some of those island nations are not exactly being forthcoming with the offshore accounts. So we'll see. What a Mike. shocker. Yeah, <laughs> what a shocker indeed. You're right, though, Mike. There is, a, there is a direct predicate there. This should be a racketeering case from day one. That's abs- and even the discussions, the WhatsApp chat about my father's in the room don't make me don't make me get him angry here. It really sounds like something out of a bad mob movie. But I yeah. appreciate you being there, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, staying on this topic, bounce over to, uh, what is this, Mike Day? From Mike to Mike to Mike, Mike in D.C. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the program, sir. Hey, thanks for taking my call. How are you? I'm good, sir. What's up? Well, first of all, the RICO statute, the great thing about a conspiracy is that the statute of limitations doesn't start tolling until the last act of that conspiracy. Excellent note. So, Excellent note. Yes, sir. So they're actually still committing acts, right? Yeah. Well, it depends. Well, we won't know until we get the bank records, really, because then we can we can time the time the last day that they were getting that money sent to them. So that's kind of critical. Well, I would argue that the deal they tried to cut last week in Delaware was part of this conspiracy to cover it up. Yeah, you can make that argument. You're going to have to get a judge to agree with you, and therein lies part of the problems. Because even though the left is well, saying here's these my are... solution, okay? Okay. Solution. All right. We need to get a suit filed in Florida where Donald Trump is a resident, where Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff personally slandered him with uh, knowing intent that what they were doing in the second impeachment was wrong. They knew about Ukraine. Paul Pelosi Jr., Nancy Pelosi's son, was in a business deal with Devin Archer and Hunter Biden, Seneca Holdings, regarding the Ukraine. And yet well, they went... I, I, I will tell you, there's, there, Mike, it, it's a great idea, but there's a hang-up here. It's really hard to prove what someone knew. You really, it's, it's very difficult to say that Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and uh, Paul Pelosi knew what was going on. That is one of the hardest things. We've talked to prosecutors about that. I, I agree. And if they bring it in Florida, didn't Nancy Pelosi just buy a big house in Florida? And, and wouldn't that yeah. be just funny yeah. to have her? As a resident of Florida, called up in a suit. I, I think that would be a lot of fun. I, I don't know if Mr. Trump has enough time to file these suits because he's currently being sued and indicted every time he turns around. But it's a, it, it is a giant web that these guys have woven. And it does seem to all connect back to the inner circle, the power circle of Democrats, and oddly enough, connects to money and their kids. So were the kids of all these powerful Democrats 
used as the bag men for all of these schemes. Therein lies a really interesting story. And if somebody can connect those dots, it might be, it's already bigger than Watergate. This whole thing is much bigger than Watergate, but it, it could be the biggest political scandal in the history of political scandals. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you being there, my friend. And there he goes. Uh, I know I said I, I promised you more Kamala Harris. I promised you more Kamala Harris. And I will get to it. I just need a little more time. And uh, so before we, we go to break, let's say hello to John in Buffalo, New York. Hello, John. What's on your mind, sir? Hi. Yeah, Mike, uh, maybe you can help me out with this in regards to Kamala Harris. Uh, okay. We all, we all know what a bad public speaker she is. That's pretty much a given now. It's been going on for over two years. And yet we hear every month or maybe even less than a month uh, that she's removed someone from her staff. She's been turning over her staff. Do you think it's that she has removed everyone but whoever writes her speeches or works on her speeches? Or are, are they just consistently hiring people that have the same defect that they cannot write a coherent speech that doesn't make her look like a fool and then her cackling which usually proceeds well do you have any idea whether the two things are connected or not i'm married to a writer so i have a little perspective on on this sometimes writers can write the best stuff but if the actors and in this case i believe she is an actor if the actors can't deliver it it makes your writing look bad and i'm sure if if kamala goes to give a speech and comes back and the speech fails because a either it's bad or she's bad at delivering it she comes back and takes it out on whomever was given the credit for writing it i i think she is one of those people who is a that we call them blame stormers they're the people who go in and try to find blame uh for everyone but themselves on these things and so uh i i i have no doubts that the turnover waves that are still going through her office are continuing. And she is, you know, she said in that clip I played that when she was confronted with her bad numbers, her lack of lack of positive numbers uh, that, uh, oh, I've seen polls that uh, that show me uh, doing very well. Well, nobody challenged her and said, OK, where are those polls? You notice the media isn't jumping to her rescue either, which is kind of interesting because they're just allowing her to tread water. But we'll see. I've got more combo to play. I, I've got a whole bunch more combo to play, and I'll share it with you just around the corner. But uh, I, I will always defend the writers. Always. Because I like domestic tranquility in my home. It's never the writers. It's always the bad actors. Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. There's only one Chris Plant. The Chris Plant Show. It is the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka with you on a Tuesday. It looks it's going to be a stunning day here on the eastern seaboard. I encourage you to get outside and take in some of that free vitamin D that's given out in the summer. I know our president is probably going back to the beach. He's going to be in uh, Rehoboth all week long. 
more to say on that later. Uh, uh, the news that uh, cracked early this morning, got up early this morning, I was looking over the, the headlines and the updates on everything from overnight. And our women's soccer team, our World Cup soccer team down in uh, the uh, New Zealand match, uh, barely made it into the next round. We got into the knockout round by the skin of our teeth with a scoreless tie. Now, I, I do watch soccer. I know a lot of people say, well, you don't watch football. I, I do watch football. I got tired of football because of all the woke madness. And so I, I kind of trimmed my NFL viewing back. I watch a lot of tennis because my nephew is a pro player and, and I think the sport is terrific. And uh, baseball, because what's more American than baseball? But the U.S. women's soccer team, I want them to win. I want them to win the World Cup. But I think uh, they're they're not they're not faring well because it seems as if we've hung on to some of the older players, like that Megan Rapino person, and they're not up to the game right now. And the rest of the world appears to have caught up with us. We tied Portugal zero to zero. <laughs> it's not exactly a scintillating game. When it's nothing to nothing, but we'll we'll make it to the knockout round, and we're going to go against. Uh, I think we have Sweden, who trounced their last opponent five to nothing. So we'll see what goes on there. Yeah, I'm following it because I want to support my country, which I think is always a good thing. Uh, and speaking of sports players who uh, maybe make it in their chosen arena. LeBron James, not exactly one of my favorite people. I didn't mention basketball was a sport I watched because I think basketball's a mess these days, and they're too in bed with China for me. Uh, LeBron James put a bunch of money into a school. He said he was trying to you know, get a school going. He didn't start a private school. He didn't start a charter school, but he put money into a school uh, saying that we're going to get all these kids on the right track. And it turns out, I, I think it's in the last three years, maybe in the last seven years, Nobody has passed a math test at grade level. Uh, I hope he comes forward. I hope LeBron James comes forward. Look, I know he's dealing with his son, Bronny, coming back from that heart incident. But I hope he comes forward and says, we're going to fix this. We're not going to abandon these kids. You just can't throw money at the problem. You have to go in and solve the problem. And the guy's won national championships. He's won uh, an NBA title. You have to be able to to stand up and say money isn't fixing it we have to do something better so i hope he gets that at least gets that on his track and um today being august 1st did you go buy incandescent light bulbs yesterday because if you didn't you are scarooed as they say in the hood the Incandescent bulbs are now contraband. We'll talk about that and so many other things. Plus your calls. Your calls just around the corner. 888-630-9625. Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant on the Chris Plant Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, 
It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? Yeah, how many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.